The Water Values Podcast, Session 63. Welcome to the Water Values Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to water utilities, resources, treatment, reuse, and all things water. Now here's your host, Gabe McGimson. Hello and welcome to another session of the Water Values Podcast. As my son Joey said, I'm Dave McGimsey and thanks for joining me. Well, hope you've been well. We've got a great interview for you today with a solution to minimize your non-revenue water. If you remember the categories of non-revenue water from the interview with Steve Cavanaugh back in session 61, this solution is going to help you reduce your unbilled authorized consumption of non-revenue water. But before we get to the interview, please remember to head up to thewatervalues.com to take the listener survey and to rate, and even more importantly, to review the podcast on iTunes. I want to thank Kicker3 for the recent five-star rating and a very flattering review on iTunes. Thanks so much, Kicker3. On to the interview with Jeff Favina of ValveTech. Jeff walks us through the basics of why utilities flush water mains and the traditional approaches to flushing those mains. He highlights the traditional flushing methods waste a lot of water, and he's got the solution. The no-des flushing solution achieves everything and more than traditional flushing achieves and does not waste water. It's only a matter of time before we see the no-des solution widely adopted. And one quick note. There's a little distortion in the early part of the interview, but it clears up when Jeff really gets to the meat of the material. So hang in there. It's a fantastic interview. Uh, So with that said, let's get on with it. Open the valves, fasten your seatbelts, and here we go. Well, Jeff, thanks very much for coming on to the Water Values Podcast. Greatly appreciate your time. If you could, could you tell us a little about your background and how you got interested in water? Sure, Dave. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be part of this podcast. Um, currently, I'm a, a graduate of uh, Seton Hall University, going back a few years, uh, probably two decades to say that. And um, I've been involved in um, sales, uh, sales engineering, and then obviously led to a contracting uh, career. Um, after utilities and the economy kind of fell through with budgets and the financial capabilities to maintain maintenance programs internally to cover needed assets, um, such as water valves, um, hydrant flushing, technical flushing, things like that to support their infrastructure. Um, so basically, I got into the water industry as a caveat of being in sales. So uh, it kind of spun me over into uh, a lack of sales and customers requesting me to uh, to come in and do needed maintenance tasks and, and asset testing, which were either a board of public utility regulated or just internally regulated by the utilities to, to uh, meet a certain criteria of assets tested. Um, so, in fact, they knew that they had um, their infrastructure, their, their assets checked, tested, operable, functional, and they were pretty much the whole thing running on all eight cylinders at any given time. So, okay. And that sounds like it's a pretty broad base of experience within the, the water and utility industry. Is that, that right? That's correct, yes. Okay. And so what, what are you doing exactly now? Valtech Utility Services has been a um, utility service contractor uh, assisting war utilities, both investor-owned and municipally owned, uh, across the country, and also with the assistance of uh, war utility engineering firms who are contracted for the professional services to assist utilities with uh, potential problems, um, 
hydraulic modeling, um, hydraulic issues, things like that with their infrastructure and pipelines where they need assistance from a contractor like Biotech Utility Services. Uh, what, we've, what we've grown to do is, aside from just asset testing, Valtech has taken on as the authorized nationwide utility contractor a patented process manufactured by a company called Nodes out of New Mexico. And the Nodes is N-O-D-E-S, and it stands for Neutral Output Discharge Elimination System. And it's been a system that was patented, engineered, and done by actually the president, Chris Wilkinson, um, who is a, an ex-operations superintendent for California Water Services. Um, he saw the need to uh, bring technical flushing to another um, bar, which was um, creating a higher velocity of water flushing within the main, creating a closed loop system, filtering the water down below one NTU of turbidity, which is absolute clean water and the highest standards you can get in the industry, as well as conserving the water, which in today's day and age, our water is our natural resource that seems to be diminishing globally. And we need to capture it, not lose it, and make every effort as a water utility provider and service provider to not waste our water. Okay, so you've, you've said a lot in there, and and l- let's start at the beginning uh, with flushing and water quality. Why? I know there are people out here who, who listen uh, that are part of utilities, but there may be folks out there who, who may not understand why flushing is needed and things like that. So could you kind of just walk us through why a utility flushes its mains and what flushing is? Flushing is a means of impact, we call it conventional flushing, which if anyone has been anywhere in their neighborhood during a certain period of the day, water utilities will come around and you'll see a water utility employee opening up the front large cap of a fire hydrant, okay, and then what they'll do is open up the fire hydrant to full flow, discharging all that water up and out into the street for a certain period of time. What they're doing is they're looking to draw at a certain velocity and a quicker pace within the the water mains to kind of flush, agitate, lift up, and remove any sediment, dirt, contaminants, things that might be laying in the pipe because there's not a a large velocity or flow of water um, for a period of time. And they they don't want their water utility uh, pipeline and infrastructure to become stagnant because stagnation leads to poor water quality, and that's when they start getting complaints about potential odors, potential taste, potential discoloration in the water when it comes out of customer's faucet, tub, toilet, um, washing machine, anything like that from a customer service standpoint. So what we need to do is basically it's flushing is a, is a, is a necessity to make sure that, number one, the hydrant works um, by discharge of water, and then the utility actually takes Samples of the water uh, once it's discharged for um, you know chlorine and other standards that are to be met within the uh, the water itself, and also to make sure that the um, the water is moved and flowed at a certain rate to clean out the system a little bit. Okay, and so how frequently do 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 utilities need to flush their mains? Well, I would say on the average, most utilities try and get to a certain targeted section of hydrants probably once a year as a minimum. Um, some even do it twice. 
But in light of some areas in our country that are drought-ridden right now and have um, mandated water restrictions, uh, flushing has been halted, which is a, a pressing, very, very pressing issue right now. Uh, because right now there are no abilities for certain states that have drought restrictions on them to flow and discharge water because they cannot waste a, a drop at this point. When it comes to, you know, flushing these mains, how, how is the utility determining what mains need to be flushed? Well, let's take a step back. That, that's a, that's a, a broad question, and I'm going to give you try and give you some specific answers. In a water distribution system, I, I'm sorry, let me take a step back. In a water infrastructure, you have two types of pipeline. One is considered transmission. One is called tr- uh, distribution. And the transmission lines are at a larger diameter, anywhere from a 12-inch and larger diameter, which actually bring the water from your water sources down into a closer proximity to where the service areas are. Once it reaches those areas, it becomes now a distribution system where those 12-inch large diameter mains now get trunk down to 10-inch, 8-inch, 6-inch, 4-inch diameter mains, which now service your residential and commercial customer base on every major street in a city, town, municipality, whatever the case may be. And those are what customers' services are actually tapped off of, and that's how they receive their water. But what happens is, is water utilities target their flushing based on a couple things. One is they mostly do it in distribution systems because you can't, because of the large volume of water in a 12-inch main, a 14-inch main, a 16-inch main, it's very difficult to achieve a 3 to 5 feet per second of velocity because you have to move so many gallons per minute of water to achieve that. What we can do is the, the no-des method is extremely effective in 12-inch diameter mains and lower because we can achieve a flow rate through our system to achieve a 5 feet per second of flow, which will give you the agitation required to clean the inside of the water mains of their contaminants, biofilms, rust, iron manganese, carbon, sand, other construction materials that might have been left behind, and we have the ability to clean those out. Utilities do target areas mostly based on reactivity, which is mostly from customer service phone calls. A customer will call in and say, I have dirty water. Customer will call in and say, something tastes funny. Customer will call in and go, something smells funny or something like that. And that's how the water utility basically goes out and does some critical technical pointed flushing based on a lot of water quality customer service complaints. And again, the water utility, even if it's not some complaints, water utilities have water sampling stations located throughout their distribution system where either on an everyday basis or every other day basis, which is that's elected to the utility, they draw and send a technician out to take certain samples of the water from those stations, and they test them in the back of their labs to make sure that they're meeting their all of their standards. If they're not and they see that there's something reactive going on in there, They'll make sure that they take some proactive measures of doing some technical flushing or getting to the root of the, the problem in that targeted area where they're seeing some water quality issues. Mm-hmm. I, and so let's talk about the the no des solution that Valve Tech offers. Tell us, exa- tell us, you know, you've you've said that hey, you're able to flush the mains without losing water. Give us Correct. the. Give- and this is huge. Yeah, give give us the yeah exactly. Give us the background. How how does how does this process work? 
All right. Well, what we do is, obviously, I use the words conventional flushing, and there's also another term called unidirectional flushing. Both are means of, of discharging water. One is just by dumping water, which is conventionally flushing. The other is by unidirectional flushing, which is by opening and closing a series of valves to move water down a single pipeline, discharged through a single targeted hydrant to try and pick up velocity. But both of those means drop tens of thousands of gallons of water on the ground each flush sequence or evolution, which is a huge waste. And imagine doing that 10 to 15 times a day with however many inspectors you have out there. You could be losing hundreds of thousands of gallons of treated water just being dumped on the street, going down the catch basin, and it's lost revenue. Now, with the no-des technical flushing means, what we do is we select two particular hydrants with a known distribution valve located in between to help us control our flushing evolutions in future flushing areas. We will take our flushing rig, we will park it in between those two hydrants. We then uncoil our five-inch large diameter hose to one hydrant and we connect it to the inlet side of our flushing rig. We then take our, our coiling machine and unroll the five-inch large diameter hose from the other hydrant into our outlet side of our flushing rig to make the connection. What we then do is slowly open up both hydrants pre-system. So we're utilizing the water utilities distribution order in the main, bringing it up through the hydrant, actually filling our large diameter hose, going into our flushing vessel, okay, and out our discharge and filling that line. So it's creating a closed loop system okay, going through our filtering pods. And then what we do is now we're able to actually ignite our, our, our onboard water pump, creating a higher gallons per minute of flow through the targeted main. We do this by utilizing a chart on the operator's panel with an AWWA standard. So as an example, if we were on a six inch diameter main, and we wanted to deliver five feet per second of velocity to go through that main, we would put our pump delivering 441 gallons a minute of flow through the discharge, looping through the hydrant, back down through the distribution system main, back up the other hydrant, and then back downstream into our inlet. And we do this repeatedly until our operators are watching the onboard turbidity meters. Now, on the operator's panel, that's where the technical part takes place where actually the operator watches the flow, which is targeted at 441 gallons a minute, which they're now flowing through the targeted main. The water will go through two, we'll call them filtering vessels. Each one holds tw uh, 12 absolute one NPU micron filter bags, which will now filter out all of the contaminants, the biofilm, the iron manganese, the rust, the sand, anything that's in there will be trapped in those bags on the roughing vessel side, pushed through the polishing vessel side, and we continually do that and loop that around until our inlet and outlet turbidity meters read below one NPU. If we don't reach that goal, we don't shut the operation down. So what I'm saying is, is that we can technically flush that targeted main for five minutes, we could stay on it for 20 minutes, we could stay on it for two hours until we get below one NTU of turbidity, which is pristine, clean water, and we don't lose a drop.
which is which is extremely important in some of these states that have water quality issues that need to maintain a flushing protocol, but yet have their hands handcuffed by state regulations to not drop an ounce of water on the ground due to drought restrictions. So again, falling back to our operators who are watching this control panel, we have the onboard pump, which is delivering 441 gallons a minute to give you five feet per second of velocity. We have our onboard turbidity meters, which, which read the high-end cleanliness of the water, and there's an inlet and an outlet side. So both meters are reading the water coming in and the water going out. Our operators also look at onboard pressure gauges, which actually give us the, the sensitivity to show if our filter bags are loading up. And technically loading up means, are they getting dirty? Are we starting to get crap and things like that and crud, okay, and all kinds of nasty things in those filter bags that are starting to load up, making it harder for our water to push through those, those roughing and polishing vessels to move the water around. Our operators are looking for a 20 PSI differential on those gauges. When they start to spread apart and you see 20 PSI, 25 PSI of load, that means that our filters need to be removed, replaced, and thrown in the garbage. And then put new filter bags in and restart the next flushing evolution with clean bags ready to go all over again. Not all systems require filter change-out. Some systems are cleaner than others. Some filters can last for weeks. Some filters, depending on the areas, may last for one or two flushes. It all depends on the utility's last time of flushing, the type of mains they have, the cleanliness of mains, and so on and so forth. So, Okay, so got a couple of questions. First, um, any, anytime you are talking about connecting to a water main, the, one of the things that goes off in my head is disinfection. How, how are you accomplishing disinfection when you're, you're connecting the mains? And maybe I haven't talked with any other guests about, about why dis, or what disinfection is. So could you tell us a little about what disinfection is and how you go about disinfecting the connections to those, to those hydrants? Absolutely. The Benodad system has a, a roughly 35-page standard operating procedure manual, which is designed um, specifically to make sure that when we move the rig from client to client, um, the unit is burned down, as we call it. Every hose, every adapter, every connection is cleaned down before we actually introduce it and use it in the next customer's water utility system meaning some customers may be on a chlorine system, some utilities might be on a chloramine system, and some may have some differentiation. So we keep those, those systems very hermetically clean and sealed when we move from one client to another. Before we attach any of our large diameter hoses and our adapters to the fire hydrants, before we ch charge the lines and bring any of the water into the no-dead flushing system, we utilize spray bottles, which holds a 10% liquid chlorine solution, which we carry on board the flushing rig in a very small quantity, only about five gallons. What we do is the operators will, will spray the hydrant fence of the steamer connection of the hydrant. They'll, they'll spray the hydrant adapters connections, the storks connections that attach to our large diameter hose, and then every connection downstream until we get to our inlet and outlet side of our flushing rig, 
everything that is connected together gets a spray, a generous spray of our 10% liquid chlorine solution, which disinfects the localized area prior to connection, okay? Then what we do is we are basically now a closed system and we're ready to go. We disinfected all our localized connection areas and we're ready to now ignite the system. We'll become a closed deep part of utilities distribution system. Sure, and, and disinfection is just the, the process of making sure that that the uh, connections are all sanitized. There's not going to be any any uh, bacteria or anything that gets in there. You're, so you're, you're taking measures to kill off all that stuff. Absolutely, okay. yes. And just so you know, just to, to add to that, is when the flushing rig is, is stowed back up after every flushing uh, sequence, we carry um, environmentally safe, caps so every adapter is recapped resealed every hose end is recapped and resealed so it's it's not sustaining any environmental um, um, particles um, as we're moving from one evolution to another so we do take every measure to keep the system hermetically sealed and clean and then prior to connections we make sure that we do the, the liquid spray disinfection on all our localized connecting points prior to igniting the system. So we take every measure to try to make it clean and make sure we don't have any contaminants, um, you know, staging on those areas. Sure. And one of the other things you mentioned when you were talking about how you're setting up the system, you said, hey, we, we, we picked two hydrants that have a known distribution valve between them. Uh, and could you explain what the significance of that is? Absolutely. When we work for clients, what Bassett Utility Services is contracted on to utilize the NOGES technical flushing system. Our job is to clean the main um, and remove all its biofilm um, and contaminants and particulates that are creating a, a water quality concern. And what we're doing is, is now we are moving the water uh, through our system and we're targeting the first hydrant to hydrant area, let's say that's 500 feet of six inch main. I'm using that as an example. That's flush one. So we're now creating a loop, creating that 500 feet of six inch water main and cleaning it and cleaning it until we get below one MTU. When we're done with that flushing evolution, what we do is we now close the valve that we, that we hand selected and picked during pre-planning to now close that valve, which allows us to skip that main and loop around the neighborhood and pick up additional lineal footage, okay, using those same two hydrants so we don't have to, you know, break up, break down or set up our flushing rig multiple times. So by pre-planning and looking at the distribution map and selecting an area that has valving allows us to do anywhere from a mile to sometimes two miles a day of water main without moving our rig, without losing a drop of water, and by just a series of opening some valves and closing some valves and pushing the water in certain directions back to us, we can um, we can move water around neighborhoods with customers not even knowing that we're whisking, you know, water at five feet per second through their water mains to clean out the contaminants. Sure. And can you talk a little about the cost of this, uh, the NODES system that, that Valve Tech operates in contrast with the other uh, flushing, you know, you know, flushing uh, mechanisms. Sure. The uh, a lot of it is we work on a daily rate system, and I can't specifically give you a number um, because a lot of it is 
based specifically on the client, what they're asking us to do, um, what their problems are, and length of time they want us to be on, on the project or on the property to do things. I will say this is that with conventional flushing, unidirectional flushing, you are wasting a lot of water, and here's what happens. When you dump water in the other two means, whether it's traditional flushing or conventional, as I've been using the term, and unidirectional flushing, there's, there's vast amounts of water that are wasted and dumped onto the ground. That's treated water. That's water that you've already purchased. Some people purchase their water. Some people are able to extract their water from their wells and their own aquifers and things like that and their own reservoirs. But again, you still have to treat that water with chlorine and run it through your treatment plants. You still have to move it through that process, make sure it meets the Safe Water Drinking Act um, requirements on a federal level, plus your own internal regulations and, and mandates. And you have to actually push it down through the distribution system. And again, that takes time, energy, and cost. You have to maintain that. Again, we talked about water quality sampling stations. Um, you have to check your fire hydrants and work your valving. You have to make sure the water quality is on point. And again, this is, a, you know, anytime you dump water, you, you're actually taking water from your elevated tanks or reservoirs and things like that. And then you have to replenish those tanks during water loss, which creates an energy requirement to ignite your pumps to refill those elevated tanks and things like that. Um, even when you dump water, there's vast pools of water that sometimes lay on roadways, create hazards. There's sometimes they create restoration issues for the public where they wash away their flowers and their mulch and their front of their yards that are decoratively landscaped. And, you know, you have to go back and obviously do your customer service duties and making sure that you restore the properties to the original condition, which is another, you know, another cost factor where you're sending manpower and, and materials back to restore areas that were decimated by, by you know, large volumes of water going down the street. Um, with the NODES system, it pays for itself. Because it's a, a closed-loop system, there's no loss of water, which you're, now you're capturing all your non-revenue water and not losing that down the drain. You're not worrying about depleting your elevated tanks and, you know, having to worry about Re refilling them at any given time due to flushing uh, exercises and things like that. Uh, you don't have to worry about um, fines. You don't have to worry about um, open discharge. You don't have to worry about restoration. You don't have to worry about rechlorinating your system because you're not removing anything or um, discharging anything out into the system that requires you to retreat the water. Um, you know, there's it's obviously the most intangible is your your public image. And setting a new example in, in water quality and water conservation, which is which is a huge, huge point uh, to be looked at for a lot of utilities, especially in these drought-ridden states who have heavy restrictions on them. They all know that they have to maintain ingestible water. They have to, you know, handle water quality to its highest. Maintain a customer service um, level as well, and um, you know they can do all this with the NoDev system and and save a lot of money doing it. We also have a cost calculator um, uh, form that we allow utilities to plug in some of the numbers for treating the water, buying the water, um, how they pay their employees, um, you know, other resources needed to flush and things like that. And they can actually see where they're wasting the water, what it costs them to flush conventionally or through unidirectional means, 
and then how they can save those costs and those that money by means of the NODES system, which will actually show them that if they wanted to buy a NODES system for themselves, it would take a year to recover their investment, five years to recover their investment, maybe six years to recover their investment. It all depends on what their costs are once they plug it into the, the financial uh, cost summary analysis. But the one good thing is, is that the NODES system, you can recover your, your investment on on the, the purchase of a rig or through contract services through Tech utility services. So. A lot of good, a lot of great points. I really like the utility kind of walk in the conservation walk rather than just talking the talk on that. Um, I thought that was really yeah. important. And I thought, uh, you know, as, as much stuff as the NODES system removes, it doesn't remove those important, uh, you know, the chlorine or chloramine or whatever the disinfection, uh, you know, delivery mode for the, uh, for the water system is it doesn't remove those things. It only removes the bad stuff. Right. So. That's correct. Uh, now, let me just, David, I'll, I'll just add to that. Is I stated earlier that, you know, we talked about disinfection and, and you know, how we do localized disinfection you know, prior to connecting all our points. But we do have a, an onboard chlorine injection pump. And we do take chlorine sample tests pre-flush, multiple times during the flush, and then obviously post-flush. And we do this to make sure that we're not getting off, when I say getting off the system, we don't want to leave the water in a, a low either total or free chlorine state based on the distribution uh, utility standards. So we want to make sure that when we take our tests, we're leaving the water at a level that is acceptable by the utility standards for um, obviously um, cleanliness and disinfection. Because what happens was is that as we grind off the biofilm, and biofilm is, is a real culprit in, in eating, eating away your chlorine uh, residuals within the water main. So as we're whisking away with our velocity and we're filtering out all these bad things, and we're, we might be grinding away multiple layers of biofilm on the inside diameter of the main, while we're doing that, we're also taking away some of the chlorine that the utilities put in that water. Before we, we remove ourselves from that targeted main and that flushing evolution, we do take our localized tests. And if we need to add a little bit of that 10% chlorine solution back into the system, we do it in very small particulate droplets based on a certain time factor that's calculated off of a sheet that's on the operator's panel. And this allows us to make sure that the, the chlorine residual never drops below a level or an unsafe level before we get off. Okay, and, and that's huge for the utility because they, we are the only system that allows us to actually get the residuals back up the level post-flushing before we actually shut the operation down. So. Yeah, yeah, really good point on the distribution system testing. You know, I've I've kind of wondered if if distribution system testing is going to you know, someday be mandated through regulations, but um, really good points there. Uh, Jeff, we're coming to the end of our time, but you've been absolutely fantastic walking us through all these issues surrounding uh, main flushing and, and things like that, probably th things that people uh, don't really think about every day until they you know, maybe drive by and see the a hydrant getting flushed, and then they forget about it within 15 minutes. But uh, for, the, for those folks who want to find out more about uh, you and the no-des uh, patented process, where can they go to find that out? Sure. Well, uh, Valve Tech Utility Services, you can go to our website at www.valvetech.net, and that's V-A-L-V-E-T-E-K. 
And you can also visit um, the NODES site, which is www.no-des.com. And you can also query uh, YouTube at any time and uh, for NODES, and you'll see some flushing evolutions we've done throughout the country for all different types of clientele um, from the East Coast to the West Coast, from North to South. Um, so I don't want to use the word in closing, um, but I, I would just like to stress to the industry, first and foremost, that water conservation is becoming such a highlighted factor right now in the water utility industry. Um, whether you're in a drought-restricted area, like out west, where you get little rain and reservoirs are being depleted, um, or to areas where you have large, vast amounts of water, it's still, I think, our duty as water utility providers and in, in moving down in the future to conserve our water, to still deliver the highest levels of water quality to our customers, you know, obviously, and exercising the highest level of conservation while we're doing this. And setting a new example, because we're always asking the public to, you know, cut back on water usage, don't water your lawns, uh, you know, try not to wash your cars often and things like that. But, you know, when utilities open up, hydrants full flow and they're blowing water across the street. It sets a bad example and it's one that the public wants to see us adhering to. When we ask, to, ask them to do it, they want us to follow the same lead. And by utilizing the, without the, um, you know, no desk method, this will enable a lot of utilities to uh, safely flush their water without dumping it. They'll be conserving their water. They'll be delivering the highest level of water quality to the customers. And they'll be setting amazing examples for the industry that obviously people probably want to start following and, and it hopefully it will be mandated as being a requirement uh, moving forward. Terrific, Jeff, and very well said. Uh, one, one last question real quick. Uh, where are you seeing the technology deployed most frequently uh, around the country? Well, right now it's obviously out in the West Coast um, because of the, the high sensitivity to lack of rain, lack of you know water and, and reservoirs being depleted, and even water supplies uh, from wells are are, are are being you know obviously uh, drastic, almost nothing. Um, but we are seeing it for customers who do have older infrastructures um, uh, that have old cast iron main, ductile iron main. We see customers that have PVC main um, that just want to bring their, their their areas to a high level of water quality. And, and a lot of it is based on the fact that um, we don't need to come in and technically flush their entire system, but a lot of customers hire us to come on for a week or two, sometime months, um, but they want us to hit targeted areas. They move us around to really hot spots, as we call them, where they're getting continuing areas of poor water quality, and they just can't take care of it themselves, and they ask to come in and filter out and remove those biofilms and those biohazards and things like that within the main and other contaminants to help them get their water quality under control. So a lot of it is pointed reactivity where customers have tried and tried and tried to use their own internal means and methods to bring the water quality to better standards, but they just can't. And that's when they say, you know what, bring in Valtech with that no-dense technology. Now let's really, you know, knock this out of the park and let's get this, you know, right to the very end. And then we're able to help them with a with a, a solution within a few days to a couple weeks, and then they can start maintaining it themselves internally. So, Terrific. Well, again, Jeff, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. Oh, great. Thank you for the opportunity, Dave, and have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Well, I hope you liked the interview with Jeff Favina. He was fantastic to spend time with on the phone, and I hope you learned a lot from that interview. It was a long interview, so I'll limit my takeaways to one big one. 
Main Flushing provides an opportunity to show your customers that a utility walks the conservation walk and holds itself to a higher water conservation standard rather than simply imposing stricter water conservation measures on its customers. To me, it's an important way the utilities can gain trust with their customers by communicating, there's that theme again, uh, through actions and not just leaflets, text alerts, and other means typically running through a utilities outreach department. You can check the show notes out for this session at thewatervalues.com forward slash pod 63. Leave a comment on the show notes or email me at david at thewatervalues.com. You can also tweet at me at DTM1993, and you can tweet about the podcast using the hashtag watervalues. And please do me a favor. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and any other podcast directory on which you listen to the show. That's a great way for people to find out about the podcast And you can also please sign up for the Water Values newsletter and take the listener survey like I indicated at the top of the show. And that can be done also at thewatervalues.com. In closing, please remember to keep the core message of the Water Values podcast in mind as you go about your daily business. Water is our most valuable resource. So please join me by going out into the world and acting like it. listening to the Water Values Podcast. Thank you for spending some of your day with my dad and me. Thank you for tuning into the disclaimer. I'm a lawyer licensed in Colorado and Indiana, and this podcast does not establish an attorney-client relationship with you or anyone else. And information in this podcast should not be considered legal advice. Further, this podcast is not a solicitation for professional employment. I'm just a lawyer who finds water issues interesting and who believes greater public education about water issues is necessary. And that includes enhancing my own education about water issues because no one knows everything about water. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.